Hello and welcome to Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. I'm Tom Whitcomb. I'm talking. You're being respectful. It's great to be here yet again, well into the 30s, well into my high score in cricket is where we're at. Anything above 30, I was pretty happy. The idea that anyone was hitting 50s was nothing but baffling to me as a, as a 17-year-old cricket fanatic. I, I raised the bat twice, both for 50s, never made 100. No one makes 100s. You've only professionals and soon-to-be professionals make hundreds in cricket, and if you, if you uh, are going to tell me otherwise, prove it, all right? I want to I see it. I want to see it firsthand. I want highlights. I don't want cutouts from the North Shore Times. I remember finding out that people were getting their cricket results put in the local newspaper, and I, it's just baffling to me. How does that happen? What do I have to do? How good do I have to get to get more attention for this? Because that's what it's all for at the end of the day. The, the game is only a means to, to eyeballs, is how I've always felt. That's, that's, that's all you can hope for any pursuit, really, is, is, is attention. Is attention, preferably from a male father figure, um, including your father. That's, I, I would count my dad as a male father figure in many ways, I think. I, no, it's, it's, all about, it's all about getting getting more focus on you, however you need to do that, you know. It's all means to an end, really. I think uh, you have a, sometimes I have friends over for a movie night and I envy the television. That's, that's how I see the world. Coming to you live from a, a little town called Nambucca in New South Wales, north coast, not far from Coffs Harbour. Uh, you know, not far enough from Coffs Harbour. That place is uh, not to take anything away from the beautiful crowd at, uh, at Coffs Harbour at the Dungeons & Dragons-themed cafe that we performed at the other night, the Dark Arts Cafe. There's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just fucking around. I'm just doing that Sydney. You know when, if, if you have any friends from Sydney or Melbourne and they go anywhere in Australia, they'll come back and, and just say, oh, wow, blank was actually really nice. And blank could be anything from Perth to Wagga Wagga. The, the genuine surprise, the, the genuine befuddlement at the idea that there are places in Australia worth being other than Sydney or Melbourne is a, is a disease that we all suffer from. I've done it myself. I've gone to every, every time I've come back from a major city, a capital city in Australia, whether that be Canberra, Perth, Adelaide, Hobart, Brisbane. I've done all of them except Darwin. And I come back and I go, it was actually really nice. By which I mean there were three good restaurants that most of the locals can't afford to go to. <laughs> the locals. Imagine talking about Perth, one of the biggest... You know, well, how big's Perth? 500,000? Just to, to, to use the term the locals as if I'm uh, Charles Darwin on, on board the Beagle making my way around Indonesian islands. Like, oh, the locals were lovely. They A very strange dialect. I couldn't quite pick up on it. But uh, they did have a modern Australian restaurant with a chilled red wine. And uh, that's all I needed to know about that place. We're making our way south. We've gone all the way. We started, uh, we did the full drive to the Gold Coast in a single day. I'm sure I probably told you about this last time. And then we went uh, Gold Coast, we went up to the sunny coast, and then we've been making our way back down ever since. Sunny coast, then down back to the Gold Coast, Gold Coast to Byron Bay, Byron Bay to Coffs Harbour, Coffs Harbour to Woolgulga, which is affectionately known as Whoopi. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been resisting the urge every time on stage to make a joke about the cushion because, let's be honest, it would be bad. 
making that it would be a bad joke. It would be a joke that uh, I don't even. I cringe just at the thought of thinking about it. I don't like the, the fact that I've put it on the record that I think about making that joke at all. Um, and then tonight we are off to Bellingen. Bellingen, Coffs Harbour and Whoopi are all 30 minutes from one another and yet apparently have some kind of town rivalry. It was very strange. In Coffs Harbour when Dan was kind of saying, oh, we're off to Whoopi tomorrow and, and the crowd literally booed. It's, it's a half hour away. How can you have rivalry? How can you have rivalry with, with a town you could basically jog to? That, I, that, no, that doesn't make it. Tom, that, that argument doesn't make any sense. That argument doesn't make any sense, Tom. Think about it. Think about how football rivalries work. Football rivalries occur in places that are next to one another. I'm God. Is the director's commentary of recognizing how my comment commentary? God, oh, it's fall- the, the wheels are falling off, guys, and it's a shame because I wanted to point out the the, the listenership of the show. Some respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking podcast is growing for the first time throughout the history of recording this podcast. Episode one, stratospheric, which is very concerning because it means a lot of people listened to the first episode and went never again. And uh, and but no, a, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. They're probably uh, too stupid. Is is what I would say. Not like you, kind listener. Not like you listening in right now. The average listener, you know, those those episode one drop offs. They they heard a few too many three syllable words and thought I can barely keep up. This is what what is this Radio Lab? No, no thanks. Go back to the Joe Rogan podcast. Let's hear a little bit more about mixed martial arts and how it's a metaphor for life. And then you come to to the Tom Woodcomb Show some respect podcast, and 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 we're a little bit deeper than that. We're a little bit more meaningful. I've just read a full Trent Dalton book in three to four days. Um, and uh, I think that tells you about the emotional intelligence that I'm dealing with. That tre- I was reading that Trent Dalton book. It's called Love Stories, where he sits in a he sits in a uh, in a in a town square in Brisbane and uh, sat there with a with a typewriter, and he had a big sandwich board saying uh, "Sappy writer collecting love stories." And people came and, and shared his love stories, their love stories with him, and he he types them up and, and puts little bows on them, and it's it's it's, bo- it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, and and. Uh, one of the one of the kind of tenets of the story or the stories is about you know d- the diversity of love and it's very empathetic and it's you know he talks to everyone from uh, you know a hundred year old scientist through to like a former bikey kind of guy and 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 it's all about like you know you need there's love in the world for everybody no matter who you are and that's one of those things that when I heard it I was like that's so true but then he would tell some stories I'm like this guy's a fucking dweeb who would love this guy and I'm not proud of that instinct there was this guy uh, that he talked to who wears pajamas everywhere he wears pajamas everywhere and he goes into sporting stadiums and he he, uh, apparently he stormed the field on State of Origin, ran past Daly Cherry Evans and started floss dancing in the middle of the field. And Trent Dalton is is talking about this kid like he's one of the Anzacs. That's how brave he is for wearing pajamas in polite society. When I think we can all agree, fuck that guy. You know, as much as I, I want to have empathy for my fellow human beings and realize that we're all different and delicate little snowflakes and we should be appreciating one another's uniqueness. Um, deep down, what I really want to do is bully that kid and give him a hurtful nickname. Because you can take the kid out of private school, but you can't take private school out of the kid, all right? Difference and uniqueness, that is a quality to be punished, all right? If you are, if, look, 
If you want to seek attention, do it by making strangers laugh in pubs. You don't do it by wearing pajamas at the Suncorp Stadium. Okay, that's not what it's about. At the end, he's like, "Hey, imagine one day if you see me flossing at the Super Bowl." First of all, based on what he said about this kid, who I don't know, it sounds if I had to guess, Centrelink, hard to get Super Bowl tickets on government assistance. I at least I would hope. I really hope it's hard to get a front row seat to uh, to, to the world's greatest sporting spectacle when you're collecting checks from from Centrelink. I, I really hope that's that's well beyond his remit or abilities. Um, and yet, and yet, boy, do I, boy, do I question why I feel that way, why I just, you know, it's just, it's programmed in me now to, to, to really dislike anyone with a, I don't know, unique sense of style or from different opinions to, to, to me. Uh, yeah, anyway, kind of. Went off the rails a little bit. It's something I've been grappling with. It is something I've been grappling with, and and uh, with limited success so far. I uh, so we're, we're we're still on tour. Daniel and I, uh, and I got to say, um, if you spend about two weeks consecutively as a stand-up comedian, and uh, every single night um, go and perform on a stage immediately before someone who is significantly better than you, who's been doing it twice as long as you have and performing to people who came specifically to see them. Boy, does that take a, a, a big old chunk out of the old ego, do you know? He, here I was thinking I was uh, God's gift to the microphone as evidenced by the fact that I'm talking into one with no one around and presuming people will want to listen. And they are. And they are listening at a growing rate, thanks to you guys, sharing the word, telling your friends. Keep, keep going. I, I need more people listening to this. Um, I, I need enough people that I can convince me undies to send me some free samples and I can get an extra 25 cents per thousand downloads uh, and, and pretend that I can make a career out of this. So please, please, share, please share the word. Please spread the word even. Share the word, spread the word, um, say the word, other verbs. Uh... Yeah, it is, you know, because I, uh, I, I've i had a few of these gigs where I've gone up and I have struggled and uh, Dan has gone up and he has not. And uh, it's just an, a nice little gentle reminder that, uh, that, Tom, hey, this thing that you base all of your self-worth at, you're, you suck at it. You are, you are so, sh- you're never going to get better, says my inner monologue. And the, the sort of seesawing back and forth between, this is a lifetime pursuit. I could still be doing comedy when I'm in my 60s. Imagine that. Imagine me with 40 years experience and the other part of me, which is like, you need to make it tomorrow. You need to make it tomorrow. Every, the world's going to end before you find out how good you can be at stand-up comedy. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a never-ending tug of war between the, the two, uh, two horizons of my existence that I, that I forever struggle with. Is this, is this episode of this podcast a little bit too existential? Um, hard to say. Hard to say. I've been... Uh, let's, 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 let's reel it right back. Let's go base instincts. I've been watching House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon is... Uh, the first season is over, uh, which means I'm going to have to find my uh, daily dose of incest from somewhere else. 
um, back to back to just stepbrothers and stepsisters as opposed to blood relatives, which you know uh, does take a little bit of the fun out of it. But hey, what are you going to do? You can't, you know, HBO isn't uh, HBO isn't held to the the same laws and standards as your average porn website, evidently. Apparently, I've been reading a lot of stuff about, like, there was an article on, I don't remember what website it was, but it, it was talking about how, like, now that House of Dragons is over, can we admit that incest is hot? It's like, what? Who's been waiting? Which which sad journalist has been waiting most of, I'm going to guess, her life? And I'm not saying her because women, I think, are going to find incest more attractive. I think it's because only only a female journalist has the permission to say something like that. If if a if a 25 year old woman with a nose piercing and a, a color of hair, a, a hair color that doesn't exist in the natural world, you know, um, if 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 she is saying that, then uh, then people just go, well, she's just edgy and quirky. Uh, but if uh, if a male journalist, if a forty five year old uncle of three, is coming out and saying, you know, well, what's wrong with a, a relationship between a man and his nephew? Hypothet- hypothetically, hypothetically, I'm not thinking about my nephew, um, whose sixteenth birthday is coming up. Um, but I don't, I'm sorry, I don't even know why I brought that up. The, no, he can't do that. He's losing his job and he's getting cancelled. Just you know, proactively, just in case something happens. Because I think we can all agree, chances are, short odds, short odds. That's, you know, that's, uh, that's as close as you get to a sure thing when it comes to the, to the, uh, the profession of, of sweepstakes. The profession of sweepstakes? What is happening? Every now and then I just I run out of steam and I just throw words together and hope they stick. And occasionally they do. Not that time. I haven't watched the Jeffrey Dahmer thing um, almost purely out of spite aimed at the people who keep telling me I look like him as if I haven't heard it a million fucking times. I might have to stop wearing glasses just to sever the relationship because it is getting brought up so often. I, I'm sure I've already talked... I, I have already talked about this. I know I have. But, guys, it's not ending. The, the, the Dharma show isn't even recommended to me on Netflix yet, and yet somehow... It is it has wormed its way into the collective subconscious. I now open my sets by comparing myself, by saying, hey, I know I look like that guy who killed an eight, 18 gay men. And still, still, as I am getting ahead of the curve, as I am beating them to the punch, I still get entitled, generally speaking, middle-aged women yelling out that I look like Jeff. I know I, I, know I do, madam. That's why I brought it up, to shut you up early, okay? All right? I know I look like him, and if you're not careful, I'm going to start acting like him, all right? I know Jeffrey Dahmer only killed gay men. I'm willing to break the pattern if you don't shut it, okay? I didn't watch... uh, Look, I'm actually quite intrigued by the Jeffrey Dahmer story, if I'm honest. Um, But I haven't watched it because I am uh, both busy... And a pussy. Watching horror, thriller, any of that stuff, oh, just, it does freak me out. I remember I watched once an episode of CSI Miami when I was like 13, uh, where <laughs> the murderer was a guy who lived in this woman's attic for like a decade. And I, spoilers, sorry for anyone who might still be catching up on the, the 
early seasons of CSI Miami. Wasn't wasn't that a wasn't that a huge series? One that has no cultural cachet left over. But CSI, CSI Miami, CSI New York. This I guess this is the thing we talk about. Like, oh, true crime is such a. It's just it's true crime is only a big deal not because we've suddenly become fascinated with murders, but suddenly writers have become very lazy. And they're like, do we have to come up with this from scratch? Surely someone's done something already we can talk about. Um, and, yeah, when I saw that CSI episode of the guy living in the attic, I just, I was checking my cupboards. You know, most most children, and I was probably too young, my parents shouldn't have been letting me watch CSI Miami. And I reckon I was, I was at the eldest 11, and I was watching episodes of CSI Miami. Um, and, uh, and, and look, I'll tell you, n- not, not only a few pedophile murderers in that show, you know, that's, that, I mean, that must be, well, maybe that's why I liked it. Maybe it is like true crime. Maybe if you're the demographic of the victim, that's when you're most attracted to it because we all know it's, uh, lonely single women who listen to true crime podcasts and maybe it's, uh. Maybe it's unaccompanied, emotionally vulnerable young boys who uh, like hearing about pedophile stories because um, it re- most most young boys are checking under their bed for monsters, uh, not f- psychopaths. Yeah. Maybe we could remake Monsters, Inc. with a dark twist. Um, so I haven't watched the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. I'm, I'm very tempted to just read the synopsis on Wikipedia. I remember a guy I, that used to do comedy. Um, he's quit now and therefore his name doesn't merit mentioning. He, he had a bit about staying up late uh, with the lights off on your laptop, watching, uh, reading Wikipedia synopses for films you're too afraid to watch. Boy, that spoke to me. I don't know. I would love to know if that's something. Hey, if, first of all, if that's something you do, Message in. Let me know. I'd love to know if I'm if I'm not alone there. And also, what what are some good ones to read? Because I like reading about it. I don't know if you guys have heard of a thing called a Serbian film. Oh my word! Um, that Wikipedia entry sticks with me, and I can't imagine what it must have been like watching it, which I think a lot of people have done. Uh, anyway, let's just hope no one was inspired by that film because, or that film wasn't inspired for something else. It's a lot. It is. It is way too much. But. Maybe I will read the Jeffrey Dahmer Wikipedia entry just, just to just to brush up, just to brush up on the facts of the case. Personally, you know, I have my questions. Did he do it? Did he? Did he really do it? Was there? I, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer and O.J. Simpson. You know, both both of of, of some some cases with a, a little bit of uh, I don't know, a little bit of doubt in my mind. But that's just me. Been seeing a lot of, oh, should I go back to, I will briefly just revisit, I know I've talked about the tour a little bit already, but um, we were in Byron Bay on Wednesday night. Um, Byron Bay, I mean, what a place. What, just upper middle class white mecca, isn't it? There's no wonder so many people find God in the Northern Rivers. Um, so long as you, to find God in Byron Bay now, you do need to live in the top tax bracket. That's the only, that's the only way you're going to find, you know, that, that's the only way you're going to find spirituality um, outside, of, outside of Nimbin. In Nimbin, you, you just need, you know, like $12, I guess, to find God, I think. But in Byron Bay, you need, uh, you, you need a, a portfolio. 
you you need uh, some passive rental income to be uh, to be finding yourself up in Byron, uh, both spiritually and just physically to to be there. I spent sixteen dollars on two coffees, and I mean, it it felt right at the time. It felt like exactly what I should be doing. We were walking around Byron Bay. So many vans. So many vans converted to put a bed in the back. So many white dudes with dreadlocks giving each other massages while listening to Fleetwood Mac on the car radio. And that is ex- that's 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 a true story. It's exactly go your own way, indeed. Um, it I think that's from the Spotify playlist called Hippie Cliche, I believe. Uh, and uh, we did our gig at the Byron Bolo. And the Byron Bolo is a fantastic, a truly fantastic institution to remind you of what Byron Bay once was uh, back when uh, back, back when the, 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 the substances of choice were a little bit less wholesome. Do you know? Um, back when uh, the reason that you would go days without eating was not because you were on some kind of detox cleanse or intermittent fasting kick, um, but mostly uh, because you've been twirling glass pipes of meth for for God knows how long. Um, because it was an interesting crowd. Not a yoga practitioner amongst them. Not No, no one there. No one there was testament to the healing power of crystals, uh, they were testament to the uh, psychological breakdown that comes with crystal meth. In, and, and it sounds like I'm being judgmental, but I, I need to point to a very specific instance of where this came from. On the way to the gig, it's about 6 p.m., Dan, Dan Muggleton, the guy I'm on tour with, the, the headline act, the, the big cheese, my boss, uh, the, the the one who's, who's making me question why I do comedy in the first place because he's uh, you know it's so it's people say it's inspiring to see the people who are better than you it's just it's just disheartening for me it's truly dampening um, I, I would like to believe that there's no one better who uh, isn't at least uh, had two to three Netflix specials um, Dan gets a message from a guy this guy's name on Instagram is Tetra Meth okay Tetra Meth. And we're trying to work out, is there some kind of pun we're missing? It's all one word. Is it is it Tetram F? Is it Tetram the Ethereum investor? Um, he is a, a bush rat? A doof rat? Doof rat, that's the term. A bush rat is actually an animal. No, he's a doof rat. He's a DJ. Uh, and he sent a message to Dan that said, uh, better, be, better be funny, cunt. You better be funny, cunt. We're coming tonight. And then a couple of crying face emojis, which, uh, crying, crying laughing face emojis. Um, and uh, boy, were, were we intrigued to see Tetrameth in the flesh. Uh, Tetrameth brought 20 of his friends. 20. Dan, at one stage during his set, said, hey, put your hand up if you're here with Tetrameth. And the majority of the audience lifted their hands unbelievable and then when you looked at them as a collective you're like yeah this makes sense it was weird because they were scattered throughout the audience when he said tetrameth there was an audible like we know that guy he's like a he and someone pointed out and this was interesting like new byron versus old byron new byron bay chai lattes uh 
yoga studios, healing crystals, $1.8 million apartments. Old Byron, missing teeth, home laboratories, caravan parks. But fuck, they were a good audience. Honestly, I know I've just spent the last kind of five minutes deriding them, but gee, they were great. They were, tr- including Tetrameth. And at one point, it comes out, Dan's chatting to Tetrameth, and Tetrameth points out that he's there with his wife, and his wife yells, and, and Dan's like, you're kidding, Tetrameth has a wife? They've been together for 20 years. Tetrameth was way older than I realised, because, I don't know, you, I think you, you do enough methamphetamine age is truly but a number at that stage because you just can't tell you could be a hundred or you could be 18 and it's just it's 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 hard it's hard to know especially when you're on the up um and tetramet's wife yells out yeah i love meth too and then when we met them afterwards you i mean dan put it really well there's just there's a there's a mouth there's a meth mouth you can kind of picture it. It's just sort of, it's like, it, I don't know if it's a jawline, I don't know if it's a defined jawline for just grinding for the last 25 years. Um, they, boy, did they look every bit. Close your eyes and imagine a person named Tetrameth. That's him. Now, put on a wig of purple hair and soften the features 12%. That's Tetrameth's wife. Not that she was wearing a wig, by the way. She was, uh, I hope I haven't offended Tetrameth. I hope he's listening. I truly do. I don't know if he's going to have made it this far. I think uh, maybe if I put his name in the title, which I'm not going to do, I need to sever ties with Tetrameth. I, I, I don't think I don't think that ends well for anybody involved. Um, how are we doing for time? Twenty twenty six minutes. We got a, we got a bit of time left. How about those climate change activists? Hey, I don't know if I, how much I have to say about this, except to say that you know. I'm talking, of course, about these 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 groups of um, very punchable-looking youths making their way across Europe to to art from art gallery to art gallery, um, and throwing baked beans and gluing themselves to Rembrandt's. Uh, yeah, I think we can all agree that the quickest way to a climate solution is by being just as obnoxious as possible. Because I, I think most of us strongly agree with the sentiment, which is we should probably do something about the fact that the planet is just constantly either on fire or underwater. And I think in Australia we can, we can attest to that pretty strongly. Although I must say it's a, gorgeous, it's a gorgeous October day right now. 29 degrees, beautiful, beautiful. But I am also sitting in air conditioning in a hoodie. Um, but we do need to do something about climate change. All right, we, we, we need to do something about it. Um, and, uh, and yet, when I see these androgynous, I'm guessing they, thems, with very irritating haircuts, just gluing their head to the Mona Lisa for... Oh, God, I... It, I've never wanted to buy a gas guzzler more. I'm just filling up tanks of petrol and and then siphoning them into the local ocean just to just to, I don't even know what to do. I just so it's it's the same as the guy in the pajamas, isn't it? It's the same thing where it's just like what are you what are you doing? 
But it look look. I know. I think you know what this is. Is to 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 be real with you all, my my beloved audio listeners. Um, I am quite self conscious of how desperately I feel like I need uh, the attention of strangers. Um, you know, because on the one hand, I think it it is great to be able to go around the country and stand on stages in places all over this beautiful nation of ours and make strangers laugh. But what I think would be even better than that is not feeling the need to do that. To, to be able to finish work, go home, sit on the couch, watch television and have that be enough uh, and, and still think that, you know, I'm worthwhile. But there but for the grace of God goes I. That's not the way things are, things are happening. And when I see other people who share that, um, I, I, I instead of stopping to reflect on my own condition, I just really heave it onto them. Um, so look, who knows? Who knows? Maybe if we, uh, uh, look, I, I'm not so into the baked bean throwing and the and all that sort of stuff. Oh, did, oh you see the guys who fucking they uh, threw a they threw a cream pie into King Charles' face at Madame Tussauds. Oh God. And it's always, whenever it's one guy and one girl, you, you're always sceptical, aren't you? Whenever it's, whenever it's one man and one woman at Madame Tussauds next to a, a recently a three-stooge-like attack, three, three stooge attack on, uh, on the new monarch, you just have to think. You trying to fuck? You trying to fuck, dude? Is that, is that what's happening? Is, is that... Did you did you meet this girl on Tinder? Uh, saw that she was wearing a "We only have one planet" T-shirt and decided, well, okay, I'm going to have to align with this, I suppose. Uh, I'm going to have to go throw out all of my shoes and start teasing my hair into dreadlocks sooner than later if I'm going to win her over. <sighs> anyway, uh, look, I think we're just about done done for for, for this episode. Um, it's 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 been okay, I think. Hey, do you want to you want to hear a joke? Dan was doing some. Uh, he, he had a, a little online Zoom gig for which he had to find some uh, for s- some dad jokes and a uh, couple couple that I really liked. I think this was my favorite one was uh, Matt Damon, George Clooney, and Matthew McConaughey all meet up and decide to make a movie together. George Clooney says, "I'll direct." Matt Damon says, "I'll act." Matthew McConaughey says, "I'll write. I'll write. I'll write." That's good stuff. That's uh, that's and and look with with that. Let's go into as we wrap up, as we always do, and when I say always, have done for I think three episodes on shows and respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking the three, two, one for the week. Who were our most valuable players? Let's start off with a very easy, a little, just a little, a quick little one point has to go to. Uh, I would say the 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 Whoopi Brewing Company in Woolgoolga who did just. Really put on a great gig last night. Had a very, very good time. Um, I'll have to post... I'm, I'm going to post it on Instagram, I think. Uh, the f- there was a phone plugged in behind the stage and somebody called and I answered it on stage and just... I felt so sorry for the woman on the other end who had lost something at the pub and I was of no help whatsoever. And instead, she just kind of became the, the butt of the joke. So I hope she found whatever she left there. In a very uh, ironic twist of events, I've now left Dan's camera cable there and I have to drive an hour to Woolgoolga to go and pick it up. So what goes around comes around. Uh, one point, it could have been three points if, uh, if, if I didn't have to go back. But uh, one point to the Whoopi Brewing Company. 
Two points. Who who could two points possibly go to? Hmm. I'm going to say we're given a solid two points to the Saudi Arabian government. Now, hear me out. Uh, I, I should talk about this more. Maybe I'll talk about this more next next podcast. But uh, my childhood football team in the English Premier League, Newcastle United. Uh, Newcastle United, I, I, was, I grew up in London when I was little. I was there from the age of four till nine. And Alan Shearer, the greatest, the highest ever Premier League goal scorer, um, was the captain of Newcastle United at the time. And he was playing for Newcastle. So uh, he was also captain of England. He was captain of England and, uh, and, was, and also the captain of Newcastle United. And he, he was my favourite player, so I supported Newcastle. And then uh, they were pretty shit for about... 22 years, and just recently they've been bought out by this, the Saudi government. And uh, fortunately, at the same time, Live Golf is taking a lot of the heat off us. And uh, boy, we are just fucking crushing it right now. Newcastle United into the top four. Happy days. Um, let's not stop to pause and, and, and think about the morality too much of that. Uh, I think I read the other day that the other day uh, the Saudi Arabian government executed 81 people. Uh, but Earlier that week, uh, the Newcastle United executed eight shots on target and uh, and a 2-1 victory away from home at, to Tottenham. So, in the grand scheme of things, I think they balance out. Uh, go Magpies. Two points, not to the team himself, but to the Saudi government for making it happen. And three points, who could it go to but Tetrameth? Follow at Tetrameth on Instagram or uh, around the corner where he'll sort you out with some top gear. I think that's uh, that's the best you could hope for from Tetramyth. Or a sweet Bushdoof DJ set. If there is a Bushdoof happening within an hour of the Northern Rivers, if you find yourself in Nimbin and you hear... Head in that direction and look for a man named Tetramyth. Uh, you'll know it's him when you see a man who looks like his name should be Tetramyth. That'd be him. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we draw to a close this episode of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. It has been a pleasure yet again. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please continue to spread the word. Tell your friends. Get them on board. And until next week, have a great time. See ya.